You are listening to Tiger Stories, a podcast from Chattanooga State Community College. On March 11th, Chattanooga State began developing contingency plans for how to cope with a possible shutdown of on-campus activities related to the COVID-19 pandemic. Tiger Stories decided to develop a special series of summer episodes looking at how the college has been responding to this pandemic since mid-March. We're excited to bring you this series of episodes looking at the many ways in which COVID-19 has impacted the college's operations and our students. Regular episodes of Tiger Stories will restart in the fall semester. Until then, we hope you enjoy this summer series looking at how Chat State has coped with the coronavirus so far. In each of these episodes, you'll be hearing one of our students interviewing someone else from our campus community. So the voices will change, but the stories are just as much a part of our community as the episodes you've come to love from this podcast. We hope you enjoy them. My name is Edward Smith. I am guest hosting for Tiger Stories. Uh, Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us about what degree you graduated with? Yeah. Hi. My name is Destiny Warner, but pretty much everyone who knows me at Chat State would just know me as Warner. I go by my last name to eliminate a lot of confusion since, you know, Destiny, it's such a really, really common name. I graduated with an associate's in education, but right now I'm enrolled in UTK and pursuing a major in psychology. So pursuing a degree in psychology, I'm assuming you had a lot of association with Emily Dunlap. Uh, If so, do you want to talk a little bit about the relationship you had with her at Chat State? Yeah, no, I had a lot of association with Emily Dunlap. She was my intro to psychology teacher in fall 2019. And honestly, I don't think I've ever met a teacher that was the embodiment of like bubbles and kindness, if that makes sense. Like every day in class, she came in with something new or wild, whether that was through a story related to the lesson or just one of her funky outfits. Honestly, the reason why I was able to get, I think, such a pretty good relationship with her is it was just really easy to be comfortable in her class because like, she would make lessons as relatable as possible. And it was a lot easier for me to jump in and bounce some topics between her and myself to the point where I kind of became the class clown, like always cracking jokes in a sense. Yeah, no, she she's one of those teachers that you see try in a lot of ways to just make deep or lasting connections with students or at the very least help them feel welcomed and comfortable. Okay, I have two follow-ups to that. So one, are you saying that she is sunshine and rainbows personified? And two, I will be interviewing her soon. Do you have a question that you think I should ask her? Yeah, she's absolutely sunshine and rainbows and like all the pixies, like not even unicorns. She's straight on hamster unicorns, if that makes sense. <laughs> Just odd and wonderful. But question-wise, kind of the same question I asked her is, especially now during this semester of covid chaos that we just had and she couldn't physically be there to help do what she does with the students like i'm basically wondering if she feels like she can't do as much in the situation like she used to even though you know my personal opinion she does amazing no matter what yeah i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna write that down and ask her that when i interview her I know you were a part of the Sight Club. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience with that? So the Sight Club, um, I was a bit of a late starter with that one specifically, mostly because when I first was in our class, I was in, you know, of course, other in-person classes that took place at the same time a lot of the meetings did. So it wasn't really until late into fall 2000. 
19 and you know early 2020 before spring break happened that I was really in psych club but when I did start actually coming to a lot of these meetings it was pretty clear that Emily's whole helping students didn't just end with her class her vision for the psych club was to be this little haven at chat state where support and generosity toward you know chat state students and honestly the community if at all possible was just there like one of our main goals was to alleviate stress in students in any way possible, personify her happiness and kindness to be a little beacon of hope, or even go as far as raise awareness about some pretty serious issues that a lot of students face, like mental health deterioration, you know, the stress of finals, even poverty, discrimination, and just, you know, things like that being like, we acknowledge you go through with it, through this, we want the world to acknowledge this thing happens and uh, or at least chat state acknowledge it that club was just there to be as helpful as possible while it was you know a, honestly a club full of bubbly pretty amazing people uh things got serious at times like i actually participated in an interview about homelessness and hunger that was filmed and showed to uh teachers during a developmental meeting I don't really know what it's called, but uh, it's basically a meeting trying to show that students who might be doing bad aren't doing bad because, you know, they're bad students, but they could be in school and facing something like this. Another one of the big things was seeing how, or one of the, another more serious thing we covered was during Black History Month, the club highlighted a lot of Black psychologists and their contribution to the field of psychology that a lot of people just didn't know about. That then was important but now in the midst of the black lives matter movement that we're going through that kind of recognition is even more important so psychology club was a mix of happy fun being there for students and then doing the same thing but a lot more serious tone it was a great club yeah, I can imagine. Uh, even though I haven't had a class of hers and I haven't been able to meet her in person yet, you you definitely can tell within the first few minutes of even hearing about her or knowing about her and anything that she's going to run, it's going to be all inclusive. Everyone is involved and you can just tell that she's a very caring person and cares about her position at Chat State as well as students there. I also know that you studied abroad in Spain. Could you tell us what that was like as well as the process a student has to go through to accomplish doing that? Well, first of all, you know, just a quick add on to <laughs> Emily because <laughs> she's just a uh... I don't know, a bright star. I'm actually, she's just incredible with students and everything. But on the topic of Spain. So I went to Spain during my first summer at Chat State. So after my first year kind of deal. But that's honestly the first thing I recommend immediately to anyone talking about it is if you want to study abroad, try and do the first if you can do it at all, try and do it your first summer. Because that first summer, you're not competing with timing and schedule of moving to another school or trying to get your transcript submitted in time or waiting on all this other stuff that going from school to school is kind of stressful but uh and doing it the first summer basically eliminates that if you're not going to like transferring to a new, another university then yeah go both summers honestly the process of signing up for it overall was kind of tedious but it's not impossible it's not the hardest thing i've ever done there's paperwork 
that you submit to the multicultural office, first thing, there's that $100 initial fee. Um, but that can pretty much be done in a day if you're okay with a lot of stress immediately in one day. Um, one of the biggest things is you have to meet with your advisor to find a class that's fitting, what country it's going to. That's actually one of the paperwork. So you have to sign that you met with your advisor and approved the class. But once you do that, pay the first $100 fee, turn it all into the multicultural office, which is the same office everyone gets their ID. That's pretty much the first step done. And then you get contacted about the e-portfolio and um, you fill that out for the Tiger Grant, which a lot of people, pretty much everyone gets approved for. I don't think anyone's ever really been denied. But uh, once that, it pays for half the trip, I believe, or close to it. You pay the remaining and the rest is just going to the mandatory meetings, which one is on campus, one is in Nashville. And then everyone travels together in that class through the Nashville International Airport. And then you get to your country. And my first trip, of course, you know, was Spain. I was going there for my third Spanish class, which uh, I think it was Intermediate Spanish 1. We were going to the home, it was the home city, which was basically where most of it was taken and where we went to our classes. And it was Caceres. I was really, really lucky enough to stay with uh, my two host fathers. Uh, Pedro and Chisco were honestly some of the best people I've ever met. Chisco really kind of laid it out to me how important family and human connection is. And just every week I went and I sat through painfully awkward for me because I was not the best at Spanish dinner with his parents. I still loved it. He was incredibly wonderful. And I took a lot of the, a lot of the things I learned in Spain, of course, you know, Spanish, a lot of history and culture, and it was gorgeous there. And the fact I love heat when it is dry, <laughs> but uh, taught a lot about how friends become family easily. Uh, whole families will just meet and gather. And throughout this whole COVID thing, that makes me think and hope to him that he's doing okay, that em like emotionally they're doing okay because... Culture shock, of course, was a big thing. And one of the biggest cultural shocks was going from such a individualistic na nation as the United States to such a community-based country as Spain. Yeah, here's hoping they're okay. It does sound, though, in general, to be a really fun and exciting experience. And I think we've gotten too happy during this interview. So I think we need to take it down to a little bit of sad, gloomy, depressive states that we are all in right now. Because uh, I want to ask you, how did it feel spending your last semester online due to COVID-19? Oh, well, I mean, if you ask for depression, that's what you're going to get. That Because that's for sure what I got. Oh, man, my last semester... I have been in counseling since 2016. I, of course, have a background of some pretty heavy bullcrap. And I am definitely not the strongest when it comes to battling a lot of like mental health issues, which is why, you know, Psych Club was so important. So when you sit, like, I just remember it was like, you, you hear all these stories of people talking about how they remember in stark clarity the last moment before what they were doing in the midst of a tragedy, like all this other stuff. And this is honestly a tragedy in its own right because i remember distinctly sitting in the office of social and behavioral sciences saying uh you know i'll see you after spring break to emily and then the last thing i did before i left the same say goodbye to my asl teacher and i'll see you after spring break and walking out of the office to my car which was parked too far away for a sunny day and that was it and it's 
a level of disconnection that does not feel real. It feels like this whole pause that this is the longest spring break I've ever been in. It's the worst spring break I've ever been in. And the fact that, you know, we got that extra week and then suddenly it was just everyone had to rush to fit all these puzzle pieces that kind of fit together and make this picture and that picture ended up being a car wreck. It was just, wow, it was rough. And the classes became significantly harder. It was lacking a lot of the human connection that I think is integral. It is so important for school and stuff. And having that suddenly ripped away from you was like pulling the rug out under my feet. And I got very sad. I got very lonely. Everything was stress. It was procrastination and tears. That was my last semester. And I don't think I've ever emailed more teachers saying, I am so sorry. I am trying my best. The quality may be bad, but the effort is there. And like, it didn't feel so much as school as it felt more like a whole semester of torture, really. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. I mean, it's it's maddening. I mean, you go from being on a campus that's full of life and full of excitement to being relegated to sitting at home and trying to process what's going on while also trying to complete your homework assignments, complete your semester so that you can progress in whatever way you need to. The funny thing to me is that on the Facebook group, so uh, spring was my first semester. So on the Facebook group, you would always see multiple students ask why the school wasn't closed for this or that, or it's the, the wind is blowing today. So why isn't the school closed? Then you get the, <laughs> the, the complete 180 where the pandemic hits and then the school is done and we're all online. And then it's all a complete 180 from the students as well. Like, like, why can't we come back? <laughs> it was just, it was a weird juxtaposition to see that reaction and how, you know, uh, be careful what you wish for type thing. I do want to dive a little deeper into online classes in general. Uh, one of the things that I hate and despise the most are discussion boards. I know we, we talked about this and we talked about how integral discussion boards are in online classes. How do you feel about the use of discussion boards for peer communication? Oh my God, there are classes where it kind of works. But I don't think I've ever enjoyed discussion boards at all for the pure sake of, you know, there's the response, there's shared responsibility of when some discussion boards, of course, have that you are required to reply to at least this many students or you are required to have this much word count and all this other stuff. And that's great that, you know, talking to students is great. But when there's a level of you have to do it and that's a requirement, people kind of don't realize that that's still a shared responsibility. So I would, on the rare times, I would actually have some desire to get something done early and alleviate a metric heck ton of stress. Um, I'd go and I'd try to finish it and I'd be the only one posted for probably five days. And then it'd be the last day where everyone's trying to get it done, get it done at once. Or, you know, maybe three days after I post, there'd be someone who's posted something. And I'm like, all right, cool. You did your work. But the submission was so dry and lackluster. I can't really respond to that besides the not allowed of, ah, I agree with you. Great response, which no, no teacher allowed. But, and then I had one of my classes, which were, I'm sorry, which was, um, I think it was social problems. I can't remember. It was one of my social, it was my sociology class, which was in person. 
and then turned into a discussion board thing. And while that was a little bit easier to do, it was like a punch to the gut of how much doing it in person, hearing people laugh, seeing them happy or seeing them get passionate versus seeing a bunch of black and white work, black and white on a screen where I'm trying to keep my eyes focused, failing and trying to connect some sort of emotion to words instead of it sounding like Google Translate reading off a paragraph in my head, but it became significantly clear how much I <laughs> hated discussion boards when a class that was so wonderful was translated to one. And like, I had a class at the same time, which was been, it, it had been online since the beginning of spring semester. So there wasn't much difference there, but um, it was just, uh, it was what, it was my literature course and pretty good. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of reading about old dead guys and their opinions, but uh, <laughs> It was um, nothing but online discussion, pretty much. You know, online discussion, quizzes, papers. By the end of it, everyone was just so drained. The responses were, we, you can tell we read the text and we tried our best. Our best is not great, but it's our best. And um, some, some students just gave up, absolutely gave up because they figured, you know, since the discussion board, still a big part of the grade, but not as big as papers and stuff. And at that point, people were just trying to pass. And discussion boards were not, I don't think we're high on anyone's list. And it, there are ways that this could be like a really, really great tool. And in some cases it is, but incredibly hard to be passionate and extensive with your responses when so little people care about it. And it's just such a disconnection from human that it's not really a discussion. It's just posting words and hoping you get a good grade. Absolutely. I, I don't think whoever thinks discussion boards are a good idea. I don't think they understand like, how hard a site like Facebook works to keep people on it with all the bells and whistles of like, you know, all the colors and, and the, <laughs> the pictures of people and you can post a picture and you can do a recording and um, do a GIF. And then sites like Reddit and all these other places work so hard to keep people on a website. But then if you take what discussion boards are in eLearn, it is that stripped of any kind of pomp and circumstance. Just look how boring I am. You have to do this because if you don't, you're screwed. And it's just like, what student wouldn't want to rebel against that? <laughs> That's my opinion. So I want to talk a little bit about the graduation ceremony. Two things. I want to know if you were disappointed in not having a traditional graduation ceremony. And I want to know, does it even feel like you graduated? Yeah, I, w I won't deny I was pretty disappointed with it, but again, it's there's been so much back-to-back -back absolute garbage this year of things that at that point I was just like, all right, new thing, tack on the list, no graduation, that's fine. And at this point in this year, it's roll with the punches or just keep getting beat. <laughs> Uh, does it feel like I graduated? Uh, the big answer to that is just no. No, it does not feel like I've graduated. It doesn't feel like I've stopped being a college student of Chat State. I mean, I'm still a university student now, but you know, I'm sitting in here, I'm sitting here in my living room and just thinking, I'm not really thinking anything because. <laughs> it's again, as I mentioned earlier, it's been such an unreal thing that the fact of not having a graduation in not giving at least that physical evidence of being in a crowd and having this, you know, black diploma certificate, whatever, wearing that really uncomfortable <laughs> regalia and stuff as a big resounding, 
hey, you graduated. It, I mean, it just doesn't feel like I did. So <laughs> am I disappointed? Yeah. Am I surprised? Not really. With the amount of precautions that tried to take place, people didn't follow. It's not surprising that we ended up losing graduation as one of the repercussions of just like not even the student population, but just the majority of the people in Tennessee, the United States, just not taking it seriously at first. So when it became serious, it knocked down a few pegs. And one of those just happened to be graduation. Do you think there's anything they could have done to make it feel like you graduated? Or do you think that it was just completely doomed after the pandemic hit? I think they're doing something to try and make it because uh, they have that whole uh, like cap and gown little mini graduation where you can bring six of your friends and, you know, do a real quick rock across the stage, pick up all your stuff and get free pictures taken. So they, they are doing something and I'm really happy with them. I'm really uh, surprised that they kept trying and trying and trying and found this little niche option that's just, we can get it done. It will not be this spectacular booming thing where you sit for four hours and go through this process of watching every single person and you know, you're not going to be able to see all your friends walk, but they'll be there. There will be something. And that's a lot more than a lot of people can say. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's a lot of unfairness from students. Uh, there's a lot of it should be my way and no other way, which is, you know, a lot of times impossible. It's very impossible to to please everybody at the same time. But it is good to see them put forth some sort of effort to get things done that shows that they actually care. Now, I personally like to treat my interviews like a United States COVID graph. So, I, you know, we start at a high point, kind of dip just a, a little bit into sadness and despair, and then we bring it right back up for the end. So <laughs> I want to ask you, what's one way that you keep yourself sane during these trying times? <laughs> First of all, wow, that, that was a great joke and a great call out at the same time. But uh, I am not the best at keeping myself sane. I'm pretty sure I am 80% anxiety and 20% maybe functioning human, maybe. But uh, that 20% <laughs> is still maintained because, um, well, one, I've been trying to limit some online in online presence and stuff because when everything was switched to online, it's kind of like getting your favorite meal over and over and over and over and over again to the point you're sick of it. And it, it's a little bit of a high point of anxiety. So... One of the things I did is I started annoying my friends, a lot of my friends, into writing me letters. And I, I of course, you know, I started like I was like, I'm, if I'm going to make you write me letters, of course, I'm going to write them back. But <laughs> I started forcefully pushed my friends into uh, a little pen pal group with, you know, just me because I always love getting stuff in the mail. And during the whole beginning of the COVID thing, I would, you know, I just buy small things but when you buy small things to make yourself feel better about getting stuff in the mail that adds up really fast so i decided how about we switch to something a little bit less costly <laughs> so uh i started writing to some people from a uh, some older folks from a home i started writing with my friend in georgia to my friends in scotland uh well three three people i know in scotland and now i'm writing to one of my friends who's not even that far like just as far as murphy's bro but when you have 
state or national mandates that are just like, please stay away from people. You try all these unique ways to just get in contact and honestly if one of those is regressing back to snail mail that takes like weeks and times and stuff yeah do it or even like if you live close to one of your friends even going to a store buying them a hershey's bar and then sliding that in on their front porch with a little sticky note that says hey friend how you doing it's just you know you can't see them in person as easily I know there are people out there who are like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. But um, people keep me sane. Human interaction keeps me sane. So I have been trying one of my favorite avenues, or at least any avenue of just getting that connection, giving them something that makes them happy, kind of hoping I get some things in return, and just trying the safest human interaction avenues I can. It's really interesting because we get so caught up in technology and and our whole life is consumed by it. You see everyone walking around back in the day when life was real. Um, you used to see everybody walking around with their phones always on them, whether in class, you know, not really paying attention to the world around them. But you find something very archaic in writing letters, which you don't ever see anyone but bill companies do anymore. And it, it's very interesting because, you know, we're so we're forced to be online all the time now. And now it's like, we're almost rebelling against that idea. It's like, no, I want to do something, something refreshing, something analog instead of digital. And I think that's really cool. Now I did want to ask as well, if you had any advice for students that you could share. All I can say is do not be afraid to be that person who constantly has to call to confirm something. Like, don't be the person who calls and is like rude about it. Like, never be that person. Ever be that person. (laughs) If you're concerned about something or you notice a problem, email your teacher, email financial aid, email anyone you could think help. Keep up with that and just don't be afraid to be a polite, I wouldn't say bother, but you know what I mean. Never take, I guess, never take school for granted in the sense of this is not only a place where you go to get stressed about classes you may or may not need or may or may not like. Hang around people who are, you know, boring or whatever, or just not be around your type of people, but it is still a consistent meeting ground. Like you're required to be there. And that gives you opportunity to not have to worry about, oh, you know, I can't make it this Tuesday. Something came up. It's school. It is the something that comes up. Don't be what a lot of us realize we were in the case of, you know, doing the whole thing, putting a white crayon in the freezer or a think it was a spoon under your pillow and hope it's snow days, you know? So school gets canceled because you go there to learn, but you also go there to grow as a person and connect with people and meet, be in clubs where you get to see unique personalities merge together to try and find solution for problems. You get verbal discussions and you just get a lot of the things that you never realize is such a prominent aspect of school, which is socialization. And as a social species, we kind of need that. Another bit of advice is never take self-care as something that is yeah, you know, useless or whatever. Wake up in the morning and drink that water, you know? Or if you're feeling like, I don't know, like you just want something to eat, but you've already eaten or you've done all the stuff, make yourself a cup of tea. Honestly, tea is bomb. I have collected so much tea 
over this COVID crisis. And um, don't be afraid to bug your friends who live an hour away to write you some letters like I do. Or, you know, don't be afraid to give someone a call just to hear a voice. If you want to hear a voice, call someone. Don't be afraid to spill the tea. (laughs) The last thing that I will say is wear a mask. We all need to get through this. And there's there's no reason for you not to wear a mask because you know what? We all wear masks every day. Can I interrupt you real quick about the mask issue? Like, or are you wanting to sign off with that? Can this be part of the interview? (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Okay, listen, about the mask thing, you said spill the tea, Edward. Please wear a mask. If someone's just like, like, I have to work and I have to wear a mask for up to eight hours in a row, talking to a lot of people who are like, oh, honey, you don't have to wear that mask if you don't want to, or, oh, I'm so sorry they're making you wear the mask. And I'm like, look, listen, I love this mask. One, I think I look better without it, which some people might think is a detrimental thought, but uh, I like the style. I'm probably going to keep this in my style for the rest of my life, if not for a large majority of it. And I don't have to worry about, like, customer service voice, I got that. Customer service smiling face, I do not have that. So, you know, it's just great, but it's also, I wear it, even if I'm required to by work, I wear it to have, even some people doesn't believe it's total protection, it's still protection. Nothing in this world is 100%. The machines are 100%, and on the bottle of Germex, it says 99.9% for a reason. And just to expand a little bit, um, for any young kids who don't understand, the mask is not to protect you. It is to stop you from spreading whatever you have to other people. Thank you. Go ahead. Yeah, this I wear this mask because I want to protect people like my mom. I want to protect people like my dad who has very poor health. No one likes wearing a mask, but I'm passionate about wearing it. And I will continue to wear it, not even until, I will continue to wear it to a vaccine. I will continue to wear it after a vaccine. And if I walk to my car and I am absolutely hating my own breath behind this mask, I can at least know that I'm doing something to help flatten this curve and, you know, to help support the people who are like trying their best to tell others, hey, this is the safe measure. And just, I'm heated now, but (laughs) I'm trying my best to sorry help help the situation i wish others would do that as well yes and unfortunately wishing doesn't usually come true but all i know is that people are again standing way too close to me and in lines at grocery stores or gas stations or wherever i happen to be and with that warner i would like to thank you so much for joining me um i'm very appreciative of the time you took and i'm very happy that i got to speak with you so thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for letting me ramble until, until the first call quit. And um, thank you for letting me get heated at that last second. Yes, please wear a mask. That's my that's my actual last piece of student advice. Wear a mask. That's it. Those of us who have the honor and privilege to work on Chattanooga State's campuses know that something really special happens here. And it's humbling to get to share a few of those special things with you, our listeners. So thanks to you for joining us here today. And a special thank you to the students, faculty, and staff who make this podcast possible. 
If you are a student at Chattanooga State and you want to be on Tiger Stories, let us know. You can get in touch at the email address in the show notes. We'll be back soon with another installment of Tiger Stories. Until then, make it a great one.